0: Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate.
1: Say you don't need no diamond rings, and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things the money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money. Money can't buy me love.
0: This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host, Drew
2: Tignanelli. This is Drew Tignanelli here, Money, Riches, and Wealth. Uh, Tonight, my co-host is a new co-host, Jackson Courtney, one of the rising stars in the financial consulate. We have a lot of young uh, advisors. Jackson, you recently uh, got your CFP credential, what, about uh, six months ago?
1: I did, back in July, Drew, and uh, thanks for having me. Nice talking with you
2: yeah well we're great to have you and uh, i expect great things out of you long term in your career um you know jackson is uh young and he just got his cfp credential but he's still learning but he's a quick learner um when we do our contests in the office uh you know we do a little you know like kind of jeopardy thing jackson is even beats me occasionally um, because, uh, you know, he can read faster than I can, <laughs> I think. Uh, that's the, the key. And they're telling me that I have to use this computer thing called Kahoot and so forth. That doesn't help. My grandchildren always beat me in, in the games that they play on those computers and so forth. So I'm going to use that as my excuse as to why you beat me, Jackson. Sure. You know? Is that okay? You yeah,
1: know? yeah. We'll, we'll let it slide this time.
2: We'll let it slide. Anyway, Jackson is, uh, you know, one of the fascinating things about this industry, Jack, in is if you would have gone to work for another firm, they would have given you a couple of weeks of training, sales training, and they'd thrown you out on the street, told you you were a financial advisor. Um, that's not the way it works at the consulate. You know, you've you've got at right. least a five-year training program to go through before you prove that you can work with clients on a day-to-day basis uh, by yourself without uh, you know direct supervision at all times.
1: Right. Well, I get five years to learn from you, so there you go. I'm in good hands.
2: And uh, you are in good hands and uh, we appreciate all you're doing for the firm. We're on an open show tonight 410-922-6680 410-922-6680 is the way to call in and ask your question, direct the conversation. Jackson and I would appreciate the opportunity to answer anything you want to talk about. And demonstrate what a true professional financial advisor should do for you. You shouldn't just go to a professional, you know, a financial advisor and expect them to just invest your money and all the money they charge you in fees. What they should do is they should invest your money and provide you comprehensive advice on anything dealing with your personal finance. And that's why we do this show is to demonstrate what true professional advisors do. And uh, it doesn't have to be with the financial consulate. It could be with anybody who's an independent fee only fiduciary working on a comprehensive basis for you. And this is the rising environment of true professional financial advisory. You don't find it at brokerage firms. You don't find it at insurance companies. You don't find it at banks. You find it in the independent circuit of uh, financial advisors. And so if you want to call in, ask a question, um anything it deals with uh, income taxes estate planning um, maybe it's your 401k IRAs uh, whatever if it has to deal with your personal finances we're here to help you and answer that question 410-922-6680 is the way to call in and ask that question all lines are open right now you know and as we say you know, the people that call in early, they get the most attention. If you wait until that 630 hour or 644 hour, you know, then I've got three or four people on the line and i got to try to rip through them. So now's the time to call in, 410-922-6680 if you want to call in and ask a question. Yeah, Drew, One- so,
1: so you talk about uh, other firms. What kind of What kind of extra value can a firm like ours bring, and can you explain that a little further?
2: Well, you know, I mean, the biggest thing we do is we're significant tax planners, you know, and taxation is the main thing. You know, Vanguard did a study on this and said, uh, you know, it's not the wisdom that people have about investments because most people just do a general asset allocation. If the markets go up, they're doing, they're going up. If markets go down, they're going down. Right. Um, you're going to find that in 99.5 percent of all uh, financial advisory firms, that's what happens. And uh, Vanguard said where the financial advisor really should do his job is to convince you not to sell out in bad markets and also to do tax planning. And if you do tax planning and help people to understand how markets operate, that's where you bring your value to a client. And uh, that's what the financial consulate, you know, not just tax planning, because we are uh, serious about our tax planning. Nothing I hate more. Then seeing my clients pay more taxes than we need to pay. Let's go to Keith real quick in Mount Airy, and then we're gonna um, see if we can get them uh, wrapped up. Keith,
3: hi. Uh, thank you. Take my call. Like question. So if, if I'm looking to draw on our investment, say eight years from now, is this a place to invest in a rough IRA and say something like Vanguard or something like that?
2: I mean, if you're planning to withdraw over time, what you need to do is you need to sit down and look at how much do I need to withdraw every year? Let's put a hunk of it into relatively uh, safe investments for a couple years. And then let's put a little more in a little more risky investments for the next uh, three or four years. And the rest of the investments just invested in the stock market because over five or 10 years, market is highly likely to be higher and you know that's typically the way you're gonna do it with any client that comes in the door with us
3: Do you think social security I mean i realize no one ultimately knows this will will be solvent in say 15 years from now or something like so that
2: let's, look Keith you know even listen to what social security says the worst case scenario if nothing changes is social security is only going to be able to do about eighty three percent of the benefit so it's not that they're going under they're saying worst case scenario it's eighty three percent and uh, and keep in mind this the united states government prints the money Okay, so highly unlikely it's not going to be paid and government has a way of getting these things right sooner or later Russia and Argentina still make good on all their government pensions that they've guaranteed to people, despite the economic mess those countries are in. You're going to have to hold with me. We're on an open show tonight, 410-922-6680. This is Drew Tignanelli, host of Money, Riches, and Wealth, Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., doing what a personal financial advisor should do. Is your personal financial advisor your tax expert? Is your financial advisor able to guide your estate plan? Is your financial advisor able to help with college planning, retirement planning, mortgages, Medicare, Social Security, company benefits, or as a comprehensive advisor to business owners? Is your financial advisor independent from brokerage firms or insurance companies? Is your financial advisor unable to take commissions or referral fees in direct conflict of their professional relationship with you? Is your advisor a fiduciary working in your best interest? Despite the commissions and fees you pay, you're unable to answer one question, yes. Do our financial physical and experience the difference. We are so confident that the financial physical is unconditionally guaranteed. To learn more, call 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or financialphysical.com.
0: Now back to more of money, riches, and wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM.
2: And we're back, from money, riches, and wealth. We've got callers online, Jackson, so let's go right to him, Steven Centerville, how can we help you?
0: Question or possibly question depends how this is answered. My Roth IRA max is six thousand dollars. Am I allowed during the year also to contribute into an IRA?
2: So first off, how old are you?
0: I am 47, almost 48.
2: So you're right, you're $6,000. No, uh, a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA are both IRAs and the limit is $6,000 in any combination of those two IRAs.
0: Okay, Um, I didn't realize that. I thought it was two separate until today. I watched the video and I I thought I heard, so I wanted to confirm it with you. So anyway, I went over from from September till current day. I'm over about five hundred dollars. I have my six thousand in the Roth IRA, and I have about a combined worth of about five hundred dollars in my IRA. Should I go ahead and sell the items in my IRA or in my Roth, or how should I? I know there there can be a, there can be a penalty. I'm not sure exactly how all that works. What should I do?
2: Well, you have until April fifteenth to rectify any excess contributions you've done, and okay. so you can go to whichever custodian you choose to, and take five hundred out and tell them that it's an excess contribution that has to be removed, and if it's made money, you get a tax um, you, you get tax taxable income for the amount that it's made. So if you put in five hundred too much and and it's five hundred and twelve now. You have twelve dollars of taxable income, but if it's gone okay. down, you don't it get down. a you don't get a deduction for the amount that it went down.
0: Okay, all right. So it's by by April fifteenth, then I have to sell the so I'm equal up to six thousand in there. You
2: have to make sure that you did not contribute more than six thousand before April fifteenth. Absolutely. Get it rectified, a, or the penalty is 6% per year.
0: Here's something I just thought of. I'm getting married in February, but I put that $500 into my wife's IRA. As
2: long as you get it out of yours, and then you uh-huh. could put it in hers. So, okay. yes. Okay. All right? All right. I got to go. Thanks. Good call. Good question. Thanks. Let's go to Robert in Towson. Robert.
3: Yeah, hi, guys. Uh, my daughter is six. And she got a fixed-indexed annuity. Well, when you're
2: only 55. 55. Oh, How do you have a daughter that's 60?
3: It's rolled up 10 years, and now she's <laughs> ready to take the money, you know, annual uh, amount from it. Um, and uh, she's got to decide, you know, to take for one life or two lives. Now, so here's a question. If she takes for two lives... And she and her husband, they're not on the best terms right now. And suppose they get divorced in three years, and then she's taking this for two lives. What happens down the road? Does that money still go to the two of their lives even if they're no longer married?
2: So, no, it, it, it really depends. Um... You know, what you're asking is kind of a complicated question because what you're talking about is one of those annuities with guaranteed life income withdrawals is what I'm assuming. Yes, is that's right. what you're talking about. I had to imply some things there Thank to you. put it all together. Um, <laughs> but what you're, what would happen, you know, and I'm not 100% confident, but I've never done this. But the two lives is still just how the company is calculating how much they're guaranteeing to give her. It's irrelevant whether she has somebody that's jointly with her or not. In other words, she's telling them, I've got two lives and the other person is 64 or whatever.
3: It's supposed to be a spouse, I think, though.
2: I think. Well, you're right, but it's supposed to be a spouse. But it's not guaranteed to that spouse to be paid out if they're no longer married. She can go back to them and tell them, that we're no longer married so therefore you're not going to make a joint payout to them how they do that you know uh you know that's why i i don't tend to do a lot of these annuities i don't know what they would do but it's her ira it's her payout and uh it's irrelevant whether there's a second person that actually is going to collect the joint payout or not
3: well, you know, because obviously, you know, if they're married, she or her intention, of course, is that both of them will be, you know, whoever lives longer will continue to That's get right. money, Correct. right? you know. And so then uh, she hadn't really asked this, but I, I know I've been listening to her, and she and her husband are like, uh, not the great So I was thinking, what if they get split? And then what if she remarries? Then Well, what you see,
2: here's the thing. In the state now? of Maryland, I'm assuming she lives in Maryland, right? Yeah. Okay, in the state of Maryland, if she divorces, her beneficiaries would all be null and void the minute she divorces. And so she would just go back to the company and she'd say, I'm divorced now. I had a a dual payout with my spouse. I'm no longer married. And how they recalculate that, and, you know, as long as the new spouse is similar age, they'd probably just change the name and continue on.
3: Oh, you know, you're right about that because the amount that the two life pays out
2: is dependent upon the age age of the and it's a five-year it's a five-year age span normally it's 60 to 65 65 to 70 70 to 75 that's typically the way they'll do it and as long as there's not a disparity between the age of the new person and the old person in other words, if she marries somebody 15 years younger than her, we got a problem, you know. But uh, otherwise, it would probably be the same thing. All right, my friend, i got to run. Thank you. Good question, good question. Let's go to Andy in Delaware, see if we can get him in before 629. Andy, yeah. how can we help you? Good
4: evening, Mr. Tignanelli. Uh, this is Andy from Delaware. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. I go have ahead. a question about, uh, I'm about 54 years old, and I have so money. Saving an IRA from a previous employer is north of fifty thousand dollars. It's sitting there and it's getting be being killed by the market as it is right now, with the economy and all that. Do you think it would be wiser to uh, invest those fifty and some thousand dollars in gold and have it as gold as backup? I- I well, I, you know, time. the
2: answer to your question is, is I don't know whether gold's going to outperform stocks in the long term, but it's illogical that they should outperform stocks. The market is down 20-some percent already, 30 percent. Many stocks are down 40, 50 percent. You know, Sir, Sir John Templeton always said, bull markets are birthed in pessimism. And when people are the most pessimistic to not believe the stock market's going to come back, that's when a bull market starts and it's certainly getting to that point right now so i would not be leaving the stock market but unfortunately i got to take a hard break right now it's it's sure, 29 yeah. but if you want to hold on i'll come back and answer more of that okay sure But uh, we're, we're on an open quick. show 410-922-6680
0: back To more of money, riches, and wealth on Talk Radio
2: 680
0: WCBM.
2: And we're back, money, riches, and wealth. We're on an open show here with my good friend Jackson Courtney, who's a rising star at the uh, financial consulate. And uh, we're on an open show tonight. So Jackson and I heard here to answer your questions. 410 922 6680. 410 922 6680. If you want to call in and ask a question, and we can deal with anything you wanted to discuss. Uh, personal finance. Um, Andy is, uh, you know, talking about uh, what are we talking about with
1: Andy? We're, we're talking about gold.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, gold, and why I wouldn't uh, put my hopes in gold and so forth. But um, you know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna address that. And uh, if you want to call and ask a different question, four one zero. Nine two two six six eighty to call in and lines are open other than Andy there's nobody else online so we're gonna go back to Andy and finish up with his question uh, Andy are you still there
4: yeah thank you I'm here
2: so one thing I have to say Andy is you say mr. Tignanelli very well
4: oh okay
2: you know That's you so said well. that very well because some people try to you know figure it out and they just don't you should just pr- pronounce it phonetically Tigna Nelly. It's very, very <laughs> yeah, straightforward. Yeah, no,
4: it's, uh, I'm, a, I'm a, originally from Cuba, so Spanish is my first language. Oh, okay. And I love Italian. I, I'm learning Italian too, so that, wow. that, that goes together.
2: That's very cool. So, so you know, you. gold, in my opinion, if you think about it, Andy, gold is strictly a supply and demand critter okay right what what is the demand for gold and what is the supply for supply of gold now if you think about it gold is mined uh, pretty abundantly throughout the earth okay um now it, it gets more and more difficult especially with environmentalists to uh do new gold mines and so forth so that that helps to limit the supply some but the demand for gold is predominantly the jewelry industry and for people who wanna buy it as a alternate currency, like central banks buy a lot of gold and the jewelry industry buys a lot of gold for, the, the, you know, the, uh, you know, for making jewelry and so forth. Yeah. So you have to think about that supply and demand. Now, the way that I always think about gold from my point of view is if I felt the dollar was collapsing and was going into the abyss, I would want to own gold. So if I, if I was a financial advisor in uh, Argentina, I would be making sure that all my clients had large amounts of gold or US dollars or euros or something like that, that would right. keep their value as their currency continues to plummet because they have horrible economic policy. You know, the United States is still the reserve currency. Whether you like it or not, uh, and what the United States does, you know, the United States is still the reserve currency. So you're not going to be running from the U.S. dollar at this moment in time thinking that gold's going to be this great hedge and make an incredible amount of money. And gold's not a hedge against inflation. I don't know where everybody came up with that. Somebody said it very well in an article I read. They said that gold over maybe 50 years will prove to be equivalent to the rate of inflation, but on a decade-by-decade basis, there's no assurance it'll have any hedge against inflation. And they're absolutely right if you look at the history of gold. So I guess my question
4: uh, was related to, I see that money there taking a pounding in the stock market right now. And uh, I don't want to see it go even lower. You know, it's been up and down, up and down. And uh, it's with fidelity, so it's an IRA that I can take out any Of course, I'm going to be punished with heavy taxes and all that. But uh, it's a risk that's there. Uh, so I really not, not that I don't need it, uh, but uh, not but using that money right heard, now. I you
2: heard to- what I said earlier, sure. Andy. Vanguard sure. said that the benefit of a great financial advisor is to help their client not make mistakes. Like you're talking about making, in other words, you're getting upset because you see the downturn in the thing. And you're thinking that there is no hope for tomorrow. And the minute you sell out or six months after you sell out somewhere in the not too distant future, all of a sudden, the stock market is going to take off. You're not going to understand why it's taken off. But then you're going to wake up a year or two or three from now after you sold out of the market, and you're going to be owning gold, and it might be at $1,300 an ounce for all I know. And you're going to watch the market at maybe $6,000 on the S&P, and you're going to, you're going to think, you know, how could I have made that that decision? Like I said, Sir John yeah. Templeton says people – um, bull markets are started <coughs> in the darkest yeah. period. No, I this, I, I this appreciate is pretty dark advice. right now.
4: I appreciate your advice. And uh, uh, aren't you concerned with inflation and the uh, or out of control printing of the money right now? No,
2: because the United States has been out of control printing money for years. You know, My I mean, page. go back to World War II. In World War II, the United States printed so much money. And mm-hmm. Through the Great Depression and World War II, they were they were uh, up to I think it was something like 145 percent of GDP after World mm-hmm. War II. I, I do agree that sooner or later the politicians are going to make a major error in continuing yeah. to spend, spend, spend. But you know, yeah. Japan right now trades at 220 to GDP. Their debt to GDP is 220 percent of GDP. We're 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 not even fifty percent of that right now, but yeah. you know, uh, Japan mm-hmm. still seems to be uh, holding holding their own, and as sure. long as we're not borrowing huge amounts of money from foreign countries, we borrow about right. seven seven trillion of our thirty trillion is coming from foreign countries. Seven yeah. trillion is a lot of money, but it isn't it isn't so much the united states can't handle it if they need right. to and yeah. and countries aren't going to walk away from the u.s because we're the reserve currency right now No, of now. course so yeah. um, keep in mind the this here's
4: economy i get
2: it yeah here's the key about the stock market is these are real companies with real revenues with real earnings with real assets and the market gets overly excited about them at some times like they did last year and they get incredibly pessimistic about them at other times and what you have to do is discount the two and as long as you own a broad section of the u.s economy inflation actually will prove to be a good thing for the u.s stock market because who are the companies that are raising their prices that cause the inflation that we see, and it's those that trade in the stock market. So yeah. inflation for most corporations proves to be a good thing, uh, but I don't think you're going to see huge inflation increases continuing into the future at this point in time. Maybe right. someday in the future, but not right now. Yeah,
4: before I let you go, I, I don't want to help your program. Uh, you, you have such an interesting uh, way to explaining things. And it makes sense. I like it because you don't use technical terms. Sometimes I use other brokers and they're like, what, what, what are you talking about? Get down to my level. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, one last question. Uh, do you think it would be wiser to invest that money myself instead of leave it there and let them manage it, like use some of that and buy stock myself?
2: Well, who's managing it? Fidelity has it. Fidelity. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, if all you're getting from them is investments, you could probably just buy ETFs and uh, mutual funds yourself. Yeah. You know, um, I wouldn't suggest that you buy individual stocks yourself other than if you buy maybe 5% of your portfolio and some individual names that you like. But if you stick with ETFs, broad-based indexes, and mutual funds if all you're ever getting from your financial person is they're making investments then you yeah. shouldn't be paying them for that you could do that yourself it's easy sure. enough can to you, can
4: you explain what etf stands for i'm sorry i i don't know familiar e-
2: etf is called an exchange traded mutual fund okay so what okay. is an exchange traded mutual fund it means that a mutual fund that instead of you buying it on the uh, at the end of the day based on the uh, price of the of the market uh, at the end of the day you can buy it anytime you want to uh, throughout the course of the day and in other words if i buy uh, the s p 500 mutual fund i have to buy it at the end of the day Mm-hmm. Based on how many shares are outstanding and how much value they have in the mutual fund, but if yeah. I buy, um, if I buy uh, S and P 500 ETF, I can um, I can own it uh, and buy it every minute from nine thirty to four o'clock, minute by minute, exchange yeah. traded mutual fund. Great.
4: All right. Great. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for answering uh, all
2: my right. questions. All right, buddy. Good question. Good call. Um, Bye-bye. Jackson, um, anybody else online? doesn't look like we
1: have anyone else in the laundry, but uh, we are on an open show, 410 wcbm Four
2: one zero nine two two six six eighty. There you go, 410-922-6680. We've end into the last quarter of the hour. If you want to get online, now's the time to do it. This is Drew Tignanelli, host of Money, Riches, and Wealth, Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. doing what a personal financial advisor should do. Is your personal financial advisor your tax expert? Is your financial advisor able to guide your estate plan? Is your financial advisor able to help with college planning, retirement planning, mortgages, Medicare, Social Security, company benefits, or as a comprehensive advisor to business owners? Is your financial advisor independent from brokerage firms or insurance companies? Is your financial advisor unable to take commissions or referral fees in direct conflict of their professional relationship with you? Is your advisor a fiduciary working in your best interest? Despite the commissions and fees you pay, you're unable to answer one question yes. Do our financial physical and experience the difference. We are so confident that the financial physical is unconditionally guaranteed. To learn more, call 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or financialphysical.com.
0: Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBN.
2: All right, we're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. I'm here with Jackson Courtney. Young uh, young advisor coming up in the ranks of the financial consulate. I think Jackson will be a great uh, co-host uh, quite often, as often as he wants to be. <laughs> and uh, quick learner. That's what I really appreciate about him. Um, but one thing I want to talk about before we go to our callers, Jackson, is I want to warn our listeners. You know, uh, politics and political propaganda is impacting too many people's thought process about economics and investments. And if you're sitting around thinking that your political party doesn't win, or this happens, or that happens, the stock market's going to hell in a handbag, and that Joe Biden caused all the inflation and so forth, you're wrong. You're just flat out wrong. That is not the way the markets work. And politics usually has very little to do with markets and how they operate. Um, now, I, I will admit that if uh, if the Democrats won a, uh, you know, a super majority in the uh, Senate in the House and the presidency, the market probably wouldn't have liked that. But as long as you have a stalemate or you have what you had that you know earlier where you had, uh, you know, 50-50 in the Senate and you couldn't get through the filibuster and so forth, I don't think the market's going to care much about that. And you go back and look in history. Uh, markets have performed much better under Democrats than they have under Republicans, and not because Democrats know anything about economics. It's just coincidence. And, and you go back and look at that. Uh, it's coincidence that Joe Biden happened to be in office when, when the inflation hit. It was coincidence that Trump was in office when the pandemic hit. It was coincidence that George W. Bush was in office when the... Uh, the uh, the real estate collapse took place. You know, they were right. in the wrong place at the wrong time. They didn't do anything to cause it. George Bush didn't do anything to either prevent or cause the uh, collapse of the World Trade Center eight months after he got uh, nominated uh, or, you know, or he was sworn in as President of the United States. It was ridiculous, you know, that, you know, uh, Bill Clinton was the one that should have uh, picked up on this and his administration but you know george w bush was the one that was blamed for it and then the crash of 2008 is the was blamed under bush he should have been there to prevent that ridiculous you know right don't don't let your politics uh influence your investing philosophy or you're going to make serious mistakes anyway let's go to christian in parkville Christian, are you Hi, there? how you
1: doing? Good, and you? I'm good, I'm good. I uh, recently left a job I've been at for a very long time, uh, 16 uh, years, and I had a 401k there, and I'm now moving it to uh, a company uh, that I deal with with my life insurance and I'm not sure how aggressive I should be, or if I should hold off. If, you know. If well, first I leave off, it. you just
2: made a statement there that I would totally disagree with. You're moving your 401k with to an insurance uh, a company, an insurance company I do business with. That to me would be the most ridiculous mistake you could ever make in your entire life. There's no way that even insurance company has anything beneficial that you could buy,
1: even if it's an investment.
2: If if it's an investment, the fees they are charging are ridiculously higher. You should be looking at Vanguard. You should be looking at T. Rowe Price or Fidelity or Schwab. You should never be dealing with insurance companies, brokerage firms or banks. They are the worst investment companies with their fees and all they charge and the commissions they charge, et cetera, et cetera. But let me ask you another question. Is any of that money Roth money or is it all pre-tax money?
1: It's all Most of it's pre-taxed. I have a very small amount in a Roth that's been in for five. It's a very small amount, and I was just going to get rid of that. Um,
2: what do you mean, get rid, a new
1: company. Yeah, get rid of that? Yeah, I'm just going to get rid of it. It's such a small amount, it's insignificant. And I'm starting with another company, and I'm going to do a Roth with that company and privately invest my 401k.
2: Well, I would disagree with that. So what I would do is any Roth money you have with an old 401k goes to a Roth IRA. Any pre-tax money you have with an old Roth 401k, uh, old an old 401k pre-tax should go to the new company pre-tax. And you okay. know, you might think that this new, the, whatever the insurance people are telling you or whatever it is they're telling you, there's, you're, you're going to probably do better just letting it sit in your 401k in your new company. Now I, I hate to be the bearer of telling you that what you're doing is wrong. I'm, I'm being very honest, and I want to protect you from making a mistake because I'll bet you anything, if you've got $100,000 you move into that insurance company, that agent's going to make probably five dollars to $10,000 in commissions taking that money wow. from you. Now, and you think you're going to recover that as compared to just moving it to your 401k? I, I just don't see how that's going to happen, my friend.
1: I'm not sure if I could just keep my 401k where it is, and I don't, you know, now that I'm not employed with that company.
2: You can. They don't, they have nothing to do with the 401k once the money goes there, other than they pay the administrative fees. But you should move the money in a direct rollover to the new 401k company you're going to. To the company you're going to so that that way you can borrow the money if you need to um you know if you can do a, a an in-service you can do a loan from a 401k of an employer you work with but i have to run right. uh, it's a great question okay. um does you know, your firm handle something like
1: that is that something i can private i just don't want to do it through a company anymore i just don't feel they're in my best interest I would rather well,
2: have... I, I, would I would disagree. I mean, if you talk to us, we're going to tell you to leave it with the new company you're with. And they are in your best interest. They have a fiduciary responsibility to be in your best interest. Um, okay. I don't know which companies right. you're dealing with, but I, I would doubt seriously that that's a correct statement. More than the insurance company. They're going to hurt you. Anyway, let's right. go to Hal okay. in Wisconsin. Hal, how can we help you? I got a
0: question question, our- Hal.
1: Brother, he's going to take his social security when he's sixty-two. Yep. So you get the reduced rate, and his wife is will be sixty-five then. She's going to take it at a full retirement age. If okay. He applies, do they deem him if he gets her half is bet higher than that? Do they deem him? Does he have to?
2: Or so the way do? it works is like this: so your brother applies at sixty-two. Okay. Yep and he gets his benefit. And then your his spouse goes in at full retirement age, let's call that 67, and yep. she goes in and claims her benefit and he can go back in with her and say, recalculate my 50% of her benefit compared to 100% of my benefit and whichever is higher I'm gonna get. But it gets a little complicated because he already took some of his benefit and a yep. discount that portion of 50 percent of hers will also still be discounted so he's not going to just get flat 50 percent of hers he's going to get 50 percent of hers based on how much his has already been discounted compared to hers et cetera. it's I, very it's I, hard for me to oh, explain
1: i told uh, yeah i kind of told him that but he'll only be 64 then does he get a reduction off that off hers that again does he have well to his,
2: his the portion that he is already discounted, let's say his total um, um, let's uh, say like a thousand let's say his full retirement age benefit was a thousand but it was discounted down to 700 but half of his wife is 1200 okay two hundred dollars is all the extra he's gonna get the discounted portion of a thousand down to 700 will always be discounted down to 700. All right? I don't know if I explained that, but that's about the best I can do. Unfortunately, Ira, John, and John, I didn't get to answer your questions. I would have liked to, but right now I'm at the end of our show. Jackson, great being with you. This is Drew Tignanelli saying God bless. Thanks for having me, Drew. Show them the way you feel. Things are going to be much
4: better.